Welcome to Let's Talk About Birth. Let's talk about it, baby. I am Ashley Carver, and this is my husband, Taylor Carver, and today we have some special guests, which I'm excited about. Um, I am a childbirth educator and student midwife, and um, Taylor is... I am the husband of a childbirth educator, which makes me somewhat of an expert. Makes you somewhat childbirth educated. Yeah, I'm a little bit childbirth educated. I'm educated. <laughs> and uh, our guest today, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm Paige, and I'm Cedric. And we're a normal couple of people, couple of humans. And by, by been... whose standard are we? <laughs> We've been together for about seven years, and. Um, we have two kids, and we had both of them at home, and I guess we're just here to talk a little bit about that and our experiences. Cool. Yeah, we, um, we're having Cedric and Paige stay with us for a little bit. They have a pretty cool living situation. Is it okay if I talk about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they live in a converted school bus, so they're staying with us on our driveway. And our very long drive. Our kids are playing with each other, and it's been really nice. And then we, of course, talked a little bit about their birth stories because we talk about that with everyone. <laughs> and uh, we thought it would be cool for them to share. So, so yeah. Do you want to talk about both of your birth stories, or do you have one or, the, or another that you think would be better? talk about you know i feel like interesting it's hard to talk about just one of them because i see each birth kind of in relation to the other Mm -hmm. in ways you know always comparing how they were similar how they were different um so maybe we'll just kind of talk about both and jump back and forth i will add up front though that our kids were not born in our bus (laughs) that would have been interesting (laughs) (laughs) they were born at home um, before we started our traveling school bus journey. Yeah. But I have always imagined that if there was going to be another baby, maybe it would be a... A bus baby. A bus baby. Okay. <laughs> Cedric says, okay. Uh, yeah, so. Cool. So do you want to start with Ivana, your oldest baby? Um, yeah. So our daughter, Ivana, is now four years old. So about... Four and change years ago, we, um, well, I guess the first thing I guess I'll mention is how we decided to have a home birth, um, and why that was on our radar. And it was really simply because we had a couple people in our lives at the time that were having home births. Otherwise I, I didn't really know that that was a thing, that that was a choice. And, um, it just sort of piqued my interest. I had, um, my aunt, who was planning a home birth, and um, and a neighbor friend that was also planning a home birth, and her baby actually turned out to be um, breech, and they still had their baby at home. And that oh, was you a... can do that. They called <laughs> yeah. the one doctor <laughs> Dr. in the state Stu. of California, Doctor yeah. Stu. Yeah, and the one cowboy doctor that will come and mm-hmm. and attend a home birth breech baby and twins. We love Doctor Stu. So, yeah, they were super Shout inspiring. Shout out to Dr. Stu. Yeah. They were super inspiring to us um, 
to kind of get to talk to these two um, ladies that had their babies at home. Um, they were close to us, and, uh, and that just got us looking into it. When we got pregnant with Ivana, we um, decided to find a midwife and, and do the home birth. Anyways, um, I'm trying to remember. So the birth. Birth. Yeah. When did it all start? Started having some contractions one Thursday morning. Kind of all that week going into it, on and off, Braxton Hicks contractions. Kind of every time having one, I'd be like, oh, are they rhythmic? Are they, wait, (laughs) did I feel something? Did I not feel something? So all that first time mom, you know, what's going on, Um, excitement, and probably a lot of texts back and forth with our doula saying that this is what I'm feeling. What does it mean? Mm -hmm. And her just reassuring me that it's just your body getting ready and no need to get, you know, too excited. So it was the morning, that Thursday morning, I woke up and I was having some Braxton Hicks, but now with a little bit of feeling to them, a little bit of crampy, period crampy kind of you know, mm-hmm. something. I do know. Feeling something, you know. <laughs> is, is it weird that it's making my uterus feel like a little bit period crampy when you're uh-huh. talking about this? I'm like, oh, the yeah. first time you're feeling, you know, it's yeah, like a like, fond wait, memory. Wait, what's going on? Yeah. So started feeling those and every, you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And then, you know, I started to pay attention to the time and I thought, hey, what's going on? And they got kind of uncomfortable, not, not feeling good. And I thought, well, then, you know, this is definitely, you know, starting. And uh, I had a, an appointment with our midwife that morning at uh, the birth center. So um, we went to that around 10 o'clock. And I remember I asked the midwife to check my cervix to see, you know, you know, could it be starting? I was a little excited. And she did check me, and she said, no, you're not dilated at all. You know, you're probably not in labor. You were like a fingertip, but you, you were like 70% effaced. Well, yes, but the impression... That, wow, you remember those details? <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, the impression they gave me was, you're not in labor. You probably have another week to go. Two weeks. You know, time. or two weeks. Yeah, yeah they, they really just made me... They laid it on thick. They laid it on thick. Yeah, you're <laughs> fine. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not in labor. You have a long ways to go. And I thought, huh, okay, well, we went home and kind of went about our day as normal. And I was feeling pretty disappointed and, and a little bit stressed because, you know, it, I was continuing to have these waves every you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, and they did not feel good. Right. You know, yeah. I had to stop and, um, I, I had to stop and, and focus on them. And, you know, but we just went around our day as normal going like, went to six flags. And... <laughs> yeah. We would just, you know, six flags. I think we were just hanging out around the house. Um, but in my mind I was thinking I'm going to have a week or two weeks more of feeling like yeah. this. And, oh, that, yeah. and that was disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that evening, as we were getting ready for bed, still the same thing going on. I called our doula and told her, you know, how I was feeling, and she said that she was in the area and that she would come and just stop by and check on me and and see if she could help me, you know, get to sleep um, and see if she could help me get comfortable. 
So she came by around 8 o'clock or so, and she suggested we go on a little walk around the neighborhood, and that was nice to get out in the cool air. And um, and then we came back, and then she suggested that I take a bath. So so I took a bath. And, Sounds nice. Yeah. And then she tucked me into bed, and <laughs> she gave me a massage a with, with some clary sage oil. Oh. <laughs> What's the doula's mm-hmm. name? Um, Amber Patterson. Amber our, Patterson, our, shout out to Amber Patterson. Was our doula with uh, with our first with Ivana, so Amber gave uh, gave me a nice massage with some clary sage oil and. Yeah, I want to have. And Ashley baby. says, "Ooh," because there's something in that oil. She didn't tell me yes. at the time. She didn't tell you. No. Oh my gosh. She didn't tell me that there was something with this oil. So. Um, clary sage oil, to let people know who might not know, is an oil that we use sometimes in birth Birth to speed up contractions or get labor back on track or naturally naturally yeah so it's it increases the intensity and the frequency of contractions sometimes when the body is ready to do that then it will do that because of clary sage sometimes Mm -hmm. so she did that and tucked me into bed and she suggested that i have a glass of wine or take a Benadryl or it's just something to get sleepy. And I think I did end up taking a Benadryl just because we didn't have any wine. Um, so I got myself all tucked into bed. She left, told us to call if anything changed. And I think the next contraction I had, I was sort of sitting on all fours with my head leaning on our, on our, um, headboard. And I felt a pop. Like, I, I felt it as a huge kick um, during the contraction. And then when I um, sat back after it was over, my waters just came flooding on out. And it, it was a total surprise to me because up until that point, I was completely of the mentality that I was, not, weeks, yeah. and I was not in labor and I was going to be two weeks. So I, I was just um, pretty stunned for a moment. And then I turned to Cedric and said, I think my water just broke. <laughs> and uh, in our birth kit, we had our little uh, swabby mm-hmm. to check. And um, so we we pulled out our our protocol of, okay, what do we do if the water breaks? Okay, well, let's call, you know, call our midwife. And um, she told us to check the uh, fluid. And uh, we did, and it turned, I think that stick turned like bright purple. Meaning that it was, you know, it was so obvious that it was my water. It was not a trickle. It was an ex- mm-hmm. an explosion. Yeah. yeah. A pop, like a balloon popping and yeah. a big flood. I totally know exactly flood. Yeah. 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 So I think the next contraction I had after that was zero to 60 active labor. Mm. Just like that. So you had been feeling off and on contractions since... Eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. But she'd been having mm-hmm. Braxton Hicks for like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't start to feel. Yeah, so that morning is when they started to feel crampy, crampy. and something. Yeah. And, and they then were... just after eight is when your water broke. Yeah. And then you were like. Probably around nine. Probably around nine or so, I think, is when my water broke. And then. And then I was like zero to 60. Yep. And then, and then shit got real really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we'll have to bleep that out later. 
Now we have a little explicit mark on our thing, so we can say as many cuss words as we want. Ooh. Good to know. So I think, Cedric, you probably texted Amber, but she turned her car around. She wasn't even home. Mm-hmm. She came back. And um, at this point, I think I went into my world and just um, was on another planet mentally as I I remember I started <laughs> timing contractions using like your little app on your phone and um, there was one point along the line when Amber had returned and she saw me like sitting on the bathroom floor like clutching my phone like nervously like mm. booping buttons mm. and uh, she was like you, you, you don't need to do that anymore don't like, think like that. this is happening <laughs> like this is we're past the like yeah. could it be could it not be she yeah. like yeah yeah, so I think they were pretty quickly, you know, five to three minutes apart. And I remember that I was balled up on the floor at some point, and uh, our midwife arrived, and I was vaguely aware that there was other people in the room. And um, our midwife with Ivana was Nancy Pohl. I love Nancy. I love you, Nancy. We love you, Nancy. Shout out to Nancy. And I remember Nancy that I remember. Arizona resident. I remember you you were wearing orange socks, and I remember looking at your feet in your orange socks as I was laying on the floor. She was wearing a shirt that said, home birth, not just for hippies. Yes, and I remember that. It's <laughs> funny, the little details that you remember. Mm-hmm. Your orange socks and the t-shirt you were wearing. Anyways, um, she just kind of gently checked in with me, and um, yeah, with with this birth, I was really kind of in another pla- in another place. And I was only vaguely aware of other people around me. I know that um, Amber was consistently offering me sips of juice and water and spoonfuls of yogurt and honey and various other things. And um, I uh, did not feel like eating any of it, but yeah. but uh, I did because I knew that it was good for me mm-hmm. to have that energy uh, like fast forward like way later in the birth i was like <laughs> we need to get her something with like some good calories and stuff she's been at this for a long time we should make her some eggs or get her like a handful of nuts or something like that and she was like no like <laughs> no and i think that was probably the one one word i said right. was no <laughs> this that is you have very... to chew yeah. It's usually not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, my mouth was dry yeah. and hot. Salty nuts or scrambled eggs, that was not what I wanted. At least um, it wasn't like a melting popsicle that I was yeah. like constantly yeah. like... A popsicle would have been amazing. <laughs> Cold fruit, I, yeah, that would have been good. I was so, thinking this is kind of... There's always a man food kind of situation right. with birth. Because... Men need something that they can take care of. Yeah. They feel out of control sometimes. And right. they're like, what can I do? Yeah. Here's some to food. feel in control. I know. How about, how about I push food? <laughs> I can make eggs. Yeah. <laughs> how about I push food or well, I will make her s- drink water every two seconds? Yeah. 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 I will say that Cedric was very occupied during our labor. So I had my, my experience of the contractions was... Um, I was feeling, you know, the contractions in my abdomen, but I was, mm-hmm. I also felt a lot of discomfort in my hips and my hip flexors. Yeah. And all I wanted him to do was squeeze my hips together. So anytime 
Sorry. That was just pouring a glass of water. Yeah. It was uh, to uh, have him squeeze my hips together, and uh, I did not let you let go of that job the whole yeah. time. I know you were That's pretty tired. That's a work. How, so, okay, so time frame. So what? time frame, we... When did um, things start? I labored pretty much all night from the time my water broke to about six in the morning was wow. when I was a, was completely dilated. Wow. And I really just know this upon uh, reflection after the fact mm-hmm. uh, because they weren't, che- my midwife was not checking me during the labor at all, just making suggestions about, um, you know, changing positions every now and then, <gasps> moving from the bed to the toilet to... Um, you know, the floor, just different, you know, every now and then having me gently suggesting I move somewhere. Mm-hmm. I do recall spending a good deal on the po- time on the potty. I remember whenever she would like, she would ask you or suggest changing a position. I was just reading your response by tone and, and you were just like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I can't do this. is impossible. Like what? You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Were you going to the bathroom or are you just. You just oh, okay. Coming. So you you brought up a good thing. So I now I totally forgot about this. I they at one point I remember the midwives asked me if I had gone or could go potty, and I tried to pee, but I really I could not pee. Um, it's probably a baby head. Yeah. <laughs> on your yeah something. Yeah. Like and I remember they tried a couple tricks, you know, like pouring some warm water down my back and um, peppermint putting oil. peppermint oil mm-hmm. in the toilet to, you know, make you feel all minty down oh, there. Tricks. Um, but none of those things, none of those things worked. But this was actually Did you ever get later. catheterized? Later on, when I was pushing. Ah. In the, and so further down the line that did happen, but um, I'll just kind of go back to around six in the morning and I can actually identify when my transition was after the fact. I remember being sitting on the toilet and, um, for the whole time I felt pretty mentally rock solid. You know, I was just doing my low moans and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. with my mantras and just, you know, pretty focused. Um, but at one point I remember like just breaking and sobbing and Cedric actually wasn't there he that was the moment it was the moment I'm I'm really down for the bus yeah because we had been yeah obviously awake since yeah our our wonderful doula and um our assistant midwife was Carrie Nesbitt hi Carrie we love you Carrie (laughs) so yeah we had the dream team Carrie and Nancy so uh, they excused Cedric to go lay down I think he had a headache isn't that true probably yeah. I was also doing like 5,000 push-ups of pushing on your hips yeah. the whole time. Yeah, but you're not allowed to complain. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he had just gone, and all I wanted was you to him to come back. So I remember, Cedric, come back. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think and... I had just like just laid down on the couch mm-hmm. and closed my eyes. Yeah. Like, okay. She needs you back. So I had him back, and, um, and then after that... Uh, I remember they suggested that we fill up the birth pool. So vaguely aware that that was happening in the bathroom, in the background. And I was in the bathtub just relaxing. Um, And I think I did have a pretty good laboring down period between 
our first phase of labor and our second because I remember having a pretty peaceful time and then getting into the birth pool and floating there with my ears under the water mm. just not listening to anyone <laughs> and and um and uh then starting to feel those pushy grunty contractions start um and yeah those feel those feel different mm-hmm. <laughs> um so those started and um I have a, a time really runs together so I know this is like about six or seven in the morning and I do recall that we did check my cervix at around that time to find out if I was complete and I was but I remember Nancy telling me that I had a, a cervical lip mm. and um cervical lip meaning for anyone who doesn't know mm-hmm. there's usually most times when a woman dilates, it's not even throughout around the whole cervix. The posterior part will usually dilate a little bit quicker than the anterior or the front part. So a lot of times there's a little bit of a lip, they call it, on the cervix left over in the front. It's a little speed bump. Yeah. So you can yeah. either wait longer or someone sometimes like pushes it to the side if you're doing it like a hands-on birth attendant kind of situation. But yeah, cervical lip, super common, but also very frustrating because you're like, I just want to get this baby out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I actually knew what a cervical lip was because my aunt who had just had a home birth had told me that she had had one and had pushed on it for a long time and ended up getting pretty swollen and had a pretty long second phase mm-hmm. um so I was very wary of this cervical lip you know yeah um so when she let me know that she uh Nancy s- said that you know that I could keep pushing and see if I could just push past it or if I would like she could try to help move it out of the way during a contraction and I gladly accepted that offer yes please just move it to mm-hmm. push it away if you can and see if we can kind of get this going so um, I think she was able to do that during um, the next couple contractions, and that was, I think I was still in the birth pool at that point, and um, yeah, so I will say that this was, you know, probably 6, 7 in the morning, but Ivana was not born until in the 11 a.m. hour, mm-hmm. so we oh, yeah. we had a probably about 5, 6 or so hours of, um, of pushing, and um, so what were you like feeling during this time? Like what what was going on in your head? Were you scared, excited, <clears throat> re- impatient, like just You know with Ivana and this is different from my second our, our son's birth. I felt really confident. Cool. I felt really rock solid mentally. And, um, I didn't really realize how long the pushing had been going on until at one point Nancy said, you know, we've been here for a while. If you don't push, you know, the baby out soon, we're going to need to think about going to the hospital. And that was a really big surprise to me. I'm like, what? The hospital? We're not going there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. And I, but I didn't, again, I didn't. I wasn't aware of how much time had passed, right. so I'm, you know, not keeping track of those things. But, I mean, they were monitoring Ivana the whole time, you know, in between each contraction, listening to her heart tones, and 
she was doing great. She was doing beautiful. Um, and um, I really think that Nancy had a lot of confidence, you know, in me. She, we just kept, we just kept going. From that time that she said that, I think, you know, more time elapsed. Um, Did she say why? Why would you have to go to the hospital? I think if... I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that this was was a uh, arbitrary time frame passed down from the birth center that she was working at. Oh. Okay. A lot of times, depending on the state, there are regulations that your water can't be open mm. more than a certain number of hours before they transport. So mm. it's usually 24 hours. Mm. So I can imagine around that time, starting her starting to have that conversation if she were concerned about mm. following those guidelines. I mean, but this was more like... 12 hours yeah i think their mm -hmm. their rules were like somewhere between 8 and 12 hours yeah maybe 12 yeah but that was just that seemed like more of a, a legal right right like defense than an, any sort right. of medically right. necessary advice shout right. out to unlicensed midwives <laughs> <laughs> um so at, after she had said that word hospital, then I think I got motivated. Yeah. I, I said, okay, I really have to buckle down and work here. And it was a little confusing for me because I had always heard so much about this fetal ejection reflex that your body is just going to push your baby out and you don't really have to do anything. Your body just takes over. Mm -hmm. But that was not my experience with Ivana. Um, was lied to yeah, it was like a, a constipated poop that I was trying to get out <laughs> that did not want to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally know what you that mean. That sounds frustrating. So, um, I mean, I would characterize that as just the hardest work I've ever done. Just hard work. Mm -hmm. um, pushing harder than I'd ever pushed in my life. Um, it was really awe-inspiring to watch, actually. It was like watching like a long distance athlete runner cyclist or something like that who just keeps keeps like digging deeper and deeper and deeper and like you get to the next hill and they're like all right we're going up this hill you know just like you did not quit it was amazing Thank that you. is amazing hmm? yeah Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um so eventually after pushing and pushing and pushing avana is born yeah. Um, yes, she in was born. Pool? <laughs> no. So um, I had been out of the pool for a while, and at that point, I really didn't want to get back in. The water was not that hot anymore, and um, I really had the sense that I needed to work with gravity and mm. to work with, uh, you know, being on land and being grounded on the earth in order to, to, you know, really technically push. on top of a overturned cooking pot and like a step stool is not on the earth per se. Mm. Okay. So, um, at one point there was a suggestion that I get, um, I was pushing in a squat and they wanted to get some asymmetry into my hips. So I had one foot up on a little step stool and I was pushing like that for quite a while. And then, um, and then we now wanted to get me level again. So a, a, and again, I'm not aware of any of this at the time, but an overturned soup pot was put underneath my other foot. And, and all the while, Nancy was like, 
underneath, like mm-hmm. a mechanic working on a car. Uh-huh. It was just she amazing. Was... It was like, wow. Yeah, she was laying on her tummy on our bathroom floor with a flashlight for I don't know <laughs> how long. I mean, I then again, it's hard to imagine any any you know, sorry male OB doing that. Right. You know. Yeah. No, um, they just in the hospital. They just come in and end. Yeah. And put, putting in putting out. in putting in that grunt work and yeah. And I remember drawing a lot of. Um, um, energy and confidence from, from Nancy. I was really keyed into what she was doing and what she was telling me, um, and helping me understand how to push most effectively. I was, I understood later that I was, I was avoiding, I was trying to avoid pooping. Yeah. Mm. And I was not allowing myself to push in that way. But then once I understood that you literally need to poop, right? You need to push like you're pooping. she's directly under you. So... She was actually... Yeah, she's just like, poop on me. She, she was actually <laughs> she was in, telling her, like, yeah. feel this right here. Like, push right here against my finger. Yeah. yeah and, so, and there was, like, mm-hmm. that dialogue, and she was real precise with her words. She, there was just not a lot of yeah. talking. She was like, this is what I want. Good, 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 good. Keep doing yeah, that. Yeah. Keep doing that. And, I, know, and I really, just, really cool. needed really that. Perfect. And I could feel how, how she was very hands-off. And then she kind of came in and met me where I, where I needed help. Yeah. Cause I really needed that very specific, um, coaching with the pushing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of negative talk about coached pushing in the natural birth world, but, uh, I really needed, needed that help to understand where to push. And, and she was providing me with some counter pressure to help guide the pushing and then giving me that feedback when I had an effective um, you know, push and biofeedback. Yes. Yeah. So in, in the moment, so that was incredibly helpful. And finally, 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 she said, heads out, (laughs) catch your baby. Before that moment, before that happened, there was definitely a moment of uncertainty where we were past the, okay, we're going to like push for another hour. We were Mm -hmm. way past that. And there was that moment of like, well, we should probably be thinking about packing up and stuff. But in my head, she... I was just like, I'm not going to the fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going. Right. I'm the, and I remember telling myself, I'm going to push this baby out if it's the last thing I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just. But there was a moment when when like Nancy sealed it up and just said like, we are having this baby here. Yes, she did say that. Yeah. And that. at that moment, I lost it completely. You cried. I just started sobbing like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that it was it's very emotional, especially when you don't have a lot of sleep and yeah. you've been physically exerting yourself and you're not eating. Well, that was actually not the first birth that I had been a part of. I, many, many moons before, had had a pregnancy with an ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. And skeletons coming out of the yeah, closet. Yeah, totally. well, we're in the closet actually. <laughs> oh, right, technically. Yeah, right. But the the experience of that was I had had zero preparation. The two of us had no idea what we were doing. Showed up at the hospital like, oh, deliver us, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting in the corner and being scared, biting my nails, and just not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And it was an awful experience. It was like mm-hmm. the worst horrible most shameful everything terrible Mm. about it and when nancy was like we're having this baby here we're not going to the hospital 
for me, I was just like, yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. yeah, and it was, it was amazing to be present in the room and be part of the purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not just be like, what do you want me to do? I'm just gonna stand here in the corner. You know, yeah. that was that was a big deal. And uh, I remember us. That was kind of like the beginning of the finish line. Mm-hmm. After she said that, um, and then you were standing on the stool in the pot, and I was holding you up from behind, yeah, half yeah. sitting on the bed, half like doing squats yeah. myself. Yeah. Like, so our setup was: I'm on the pot and the stool squatting. <laughs> Cedric was sitting on the bed behind me, holding me up. I think there was a rebozo wrapped around my back. The doula Amber was holding from the other side with. <laughs> Nancy, the mechanic underneath right. on the bottom, it must have looked pretty hilarious. Um, but finally, heads out, catch your baby, and I reached down and got one hand on her, and they put her up on my belly, and, and I just had this moment of stunned shock, can't process. You had to come back from I was, whatever planet you were Yeah, on. I had to make the journey back from where I had been. Yeah. Um, I just remember her being like so velvety. Mm. Yeah. I was just so interested in like the tactile experience. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, it's a baby. Yeah, wow. It's soft <laughs> and it's a baby. Right. Yeah, and you're just the out warm, of it because it's wet, been... velvety, softest thing. Mm. And and it's like a puppy's ear. Yeah. I, it's indescribable. Mm. But I just the whole labor, I honestly didn't think about her. I almost forgot that there was a baby at the end of all this. So it was a surprise when she mm-hmm. when she came and I, I had to take it in um, kind of gradually. So that was amazing. And then all the beautiful things about a home birth. We had, we had it all, you know, our time to just lay on the bed and be uninterrupted and have skin to skin and the first latch right away and... Um, those sexy underwear. Yeah, the 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 it depends. The depends, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like it was great. We got you got to shower in your own shower. Mm. We didn't have to set up a car seat for an infant. Ugh, yeah. We just lay down, exhausted, baby yeah. on top. I mean, just... they they cleaned up our house. They tucked us in. They got me, you know, showered and tucked into bed, all nice and fresh and clean with our baby and. Um, they did the newborn exam right there next to me, and um, it was just the beautiful, you know, aftermath of a home birth. So I have a couple questions for you. Yes. The first is, do you think that moment when Nancy said, okay, we're, we are having this baby here, and you had your, like, emotional crack open kind of scenario, do you feel like energetically that was needed in order to, like, do you feel like you needed to let that previous experience of, like, hospital Are, are birth... you asking me or are yes. you asking Paige? Me. Yes. Cedric. Um, do you think your energy about that played a role in in the energy of the birth, you know, being uh, how it was? Or do you feel... If like I were total, like, mystical shaman, I would probably say, like, oh, yeah, of course, that was a factor. <laughs> but I'm just not that in tune or smart enough to, to know that that was, like... Holding her back. Can confirm. Well, you know? not necessarily holding her back, just like playing a role in the experience uh, as it was unfolding. I think we both knew 
we wanted to have our children at home. Mm -hmm. And it's not... Many people need to transfer. And there are good reasons to transfer. Mm -hmm. Really good reasons. Uh, And it's not fair to say that transferring to the hospital is a failure in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. But that was not where we were at. We were just, we're going to have this baby here. And I think what I was so overcome with was just having that quote unquote authority figure Mm -hmm. validate the fact that we were going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, it, it was not my physical experience. Mm -hmm. I was, I was part of the whole, uh, but I needed somebody to, to help me like kind of understand what was going on, what was the best choice to make because I had zero education in that department. Like I could not have delivered a child. I could not have like been a midwife in that scenario. Like I could have not have done any of the things that any of the roles that were being played in the room Besides the one that you were in. Right, which mm-hmm. is just squeeze hips, hold her up. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that. Just be there. I mean, just be, I stop was... making eggs, put down the pan, just yeah. squeeze her hips, yeah. hold her up. That yeah. was my job. No, but I was drawing that power from you for sure. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have mm-hmm. done it without you right there behind me holding me up. My second question, and that is beautiful, by the way. Um, my second question is, do you think, um, Ivana's birth is represented by her as a child? Like, does she seem to have a hard time with transitions or does she seem (laughs) like she, you know, takes her time, you know, doing things or like, do you think she definitely likes to take her time in the morning? Um, is it at all representative of her personality? I guess that's what I'm trying to. Maybe. Um, I never, I never thought about it that before, but, um, I know she's, she's pretty slow to start in the morning. She's a very, um, she likes to wake up and snuggle and stay in her pajamas and eat her toast and, um, just be warm and cozy until about nine or ten o'clock in the morning. Um, I think one big <laughs> so lesson maybe. I went through with respect to maybe this is Ivana particularly, but maybe this is all children. I mean, I really had to learn how to slow down a lot mm-hmm. because when your child wants to take twenty minutes to put on their shoes to go outside, oh my god, mm-hmm. you're like. Let's go. Let's just get out the door. Come on. Mm -hmm. And having a time agenda makes everything harder. Yeah. And I can tell that Ivana is particularly sensitive to that. So if we're like, let's go, Mm -hmm. she really, there's friction. Yeah. Digs in her heels harder. Yeah. Like the birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Or any birth. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a great parenting. It's a great parenting lesson because, uh, you know, to be slow and to be present, <laughs> to be slow and to be present is uh, is really where it's at when it comes to having young kids, and you have to do that in birth. Yeah. 
And um, so you're kind of baptized by fire right from the starting gate in that respect. So, yes, let's talk about baby number two. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. How many years difference is there? They're two years and nine months apart. Okay. So that would mean that our daughter turned two years old, and we thought, okay, I think we could probably, you know, have another baby now, and we'll just start trying. And um, we got pregnant that month, the month of her birthday. That's awesome. So Strong seeds. Yeah, so we, we thought that we maybe would have a little bit more time, but we had to, okay, so we're doing this. We're doing a toddler and a baby. We're going yeah. to do that thing. Um, do you remember what day you conceived him, by the way? I remember Ivana. Yeah, we know we conceived our daughter in Iceland, but I think that uh, Hugo was conceived at home, and I don't remember exactly what day. Because our daughter mm-hmm. was also born on the same day as Hugo. Mm-hmm. And she was conceived on the 20th of February. That very well could be, because it was <laughs> February 19th is Ivana's birthday. So that, her birthday was the, was the green light date for us. So cool. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I think thinking about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so continue. Uh, baby number two. So baby number two, um... It's almost like going into this second birth, I, I was uh, more scared um, because I knew what was coming for me. You know, there's a beautiful uh, ignorance, I think, that you have going into your first birth. Yeah. I was actually convinced that I was going to have, you know, an orgasmic birth. And I was pulling for the, for the you know, peaceful hypno babies-esque, you know, sighing my baby out in a pool of warm water. You know, not the, you know, growl my baby out, you know, warrior situation that it was. (laughs) I remember when we did the blessing way Mm -hmm. at your place and you talked about your baby sliding out like a warm stick of butter. Yeah, that that was my visualization. I took that from my second birth too (laughs) and I had that in my mind as well. Yeah, I was was the hot stick of butter. Come on, baby's just going to come right out. Second baby. Not realistic. <laughs> no. But that's that's what got me through because I I was scared of another six hour pushing marathon that almost Oof. didn't Understandably happen. So. Yeah. Um, because it was just, you know, such hard work. Anyways, um our doula with this second birth was Nicole Green, our childbirth educator, and she helped me work through a lot of that. And I think the hot stick of butter, that phrase is actually from her lips. So if anyone else shout out to Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone else wants to use that, it's a good one. Um, So she helped me actually work through a lot of that mentally. That you know, this is a different birth, a different baby. You know, my only frame of reference for knowing and understanding birth was my first experience, but this is a whole new, a whole new baby, whole new birth, and you know, to allow myself to be open to the the fact that it's going to be different. You yeah. know, so that helped me release a lot of the um, anxiety I had going into it. So with Hugo, um, my contractions started around bedtime. Um, <laughs> Cedric laughs. Why? I just remember it being like, "Oh, this is starting. I'm gonna take a, a little like nap. I'm just gonna just gonna lay down for a, 
couple hours because I was like, yeah, oh, I... boy, here we go again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh-huh. all day and all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that yeah. I was just laying, we were laying in bed and I started going, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think at one point you were like, are you in labor? I was like, I don't, I don't know. You were in labor. And I think you're like, okay, I'm going to sleep. Okay, I'll be back in an hour. So he slept and I think oh. that night I was pretty much I don't have any trouble sleeping. Sleep. Sleep standing up. Like, oh. She's always amazed. She's like, You lay down and you sleep. How do you do that? And I'm like, Yeah. I don't know. I don't have that, I don't have that skill. But I think that, you know, I, I remember glancing at my phone and, and okay, fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes apart was having these having some waves and um and I kind of just tried to sleep between them and just kind of be real sleepy and spacey. But I did not get a good night's sleep. And I think I got up around 4 or 5 in the morning to walk around and sit on my ball. Sitting and wiggling on top of the birth ball, like keeping motion during um, those waves was what I really wanted to do. So I think at some point you got up and we thought okay this is probably gonna happen today so i called my mom and dad to pick up um pick up a fauna because we went back and forth of whether or not we wanted to have her at the birth or not but Mm -hmm. um she was you know just two years nine months you know not quite three and we just felt that um i didn't want to have my attention divided yeah you know and ultimately, I think it was a good decision to have her go hang out with Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. So they came and picked her up, and Cedric and I spent, like, a really beautiful morning together. And it was different this time because we knew that we were in labor. And right. we got to have you all that. You trusted your... Yeah, I thought, okay, I know what this is. And, um, yeah, we're in labor, and we got to have uh, just a nice day to spend together and um, have breakfast and hang out and... It was all cozy and since and now nice. having two children, what was the last time we did that? I know, yeah. So this is it was really <laughs> nice, very quiet, just to have that time to ourselves. Um, but I started to have these thoughts. Um, my contractions spaced out after the morning to be about you know went from ten, fifteen minutes apart to more like twenty plus minutes apart, and I thought. Oh no, you know, this is not good. I'm and I my fear at that point was I don't think I can be up for another night. Right. I want to have this baby today because I am already tired, did not sleep the night before, and I just became very fixated on how am I going to get this get get my labor going so that I have my baby today and not not have to stay awake another night. Get that was my hot stick of butter out. Yeah, that was my my main my main thought that was going through my head. And I think we, you know, we had lunch and um, Cedric decided that he was going to go take a nap because, again, we're planning for this marathon. Again, he's, wow, just trying to sleep. Getting it in while I can. Yeah, yeah. well, I thought, hey, I mean, Sleeping I can't sleep. Job. You, be- can't you better go, you better go <laughs> sleep. So I was uh, sitting in our living room just, you know, working through the contractions with my birthing ball and, um, texting with Nicole and, you know, letting her know what was going on. She suggested that I have an acupuncturist come over and do some acupuncture work with me to see if that would help, you know, get things moving along. Mm-hmm. So, so we had, um, Andrea, what's Andrea's last name? Oh, but I love her so much. She came over, 
Um, and as someone walking into a birth who I'd never met before, she was just an amazing angel that came and um, came into our space and was exactly what I needed. And, um, you know, she started doing some acupuncture work and amazing massage at the same time, which was sounds lovely. just a godsend. Yeah. Andrea Allerton. Yes. Thank you so much, Andrea. So she was there, and um, a little while later, Nicole came. And uh, we were just working through some acupuncture and just kind of hanging out in the living room. Um, and then at Andrea left, and, and Nicole suggested, you know, as we were talking more about how can we get things going, she suggested that we do um, a mile circuit so that, uh, I can't even remember what exactly that Mile is. Circuit? Ashley can explain. I don't remember exactly what it is Different either, positions yeah, and... Uh, different positions in, in a specific sequence. Yeah, I, I think that... Every Miles Davis album in sequence. <laughs> the Yeah, the yeah. Miles Circuit. And I, I can't... So I think one of them was laying down on my side with my leg a certain way for yeah. a certain and then to go up and down the stairs you right. know sideways and I, I if you google it there's like diagrams of mm -hmm. all yeah. The yeah. Different. but again I trusted I trust Nicole and I was just thinking I will follow instructions just tell me what to do <laughs> I'll do whatever you want you think is best to get this you know to get this going so she said miles circuit I said okay I'll do it so we did that, and then she said, okay, now I think you should go maybe take a nice shower. And I'm, okay, that's, that sounds good. I'll go take a shower. <laughs> and Cedric should go with you. Okay. So we got ourselves situated in the shower with the hot water on my belly, and, um, and then she stuck her head in and said, okay, now uh, I think you guys should make out. <laughs> Wink, wink, and I thought, oh no, <laughs> last thing I want to do. Uh, Thanks. Sorry, that's just not. Man, where I, I want this midwife. Let's yeah. have baby. Doula. Yeah, our oh, doula, doula, our very wise doula, and I, and I can't Get remember the oxytocin flowing. Yeah. Exactly, and I can't remember how she. Um, Sex doula how she implied this, but that, that she was going to go downstairs and if things, you know, got to the next level that we should follow our instincts or I don't know what exactly <laughs> she said, but she definitely implied that we should have sex. So that's um, a double, double whammy because mm -hmm. it gets oxytocin raised, which helps contractions and also semen has prostaglandins, which you probably look like, you know, already. Which can soften the cervix. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Did you guys end up, uh... <laughs> How was that? <laughs> yeah, so again, yeah. um, trust Nicole with my life. And she said yeah, this was a thing. And I would read enough Ina Gaskin books to know that this mm -hmm. was a thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, she's, you know, I knew exactly what she was, you know, like oxytocin, you know, get the contractions okay well i had no idea that this was such a horrible option for you at the time <laughs> it's because she was giving birth oh, oh i get it's it now it's not about like, you <laughs> it's not about you it's just yeah. in retrospect sweetie voicing it here i know but it's not fun. about you just i was completely otherwise occupied with you know <laughs> with the contractions right. anyways 
Yes, and it was the effect was immediate as soon as we started to kiss. Mm. My contractions became stronger. Yay! And um, that was encouraging. I thought, okay, all right, okay, well, let's have sex. <laughs> okay. And actually, probably. That's what I'm saying. I want to say something about shower sex. Um, yes. Usually... <laughs> say what you got to say, girl. Let's talk about shower sex. <laughs> okay, so shower sex... This might be two podcasts. I no. mean, <laughs> maybe you have a different experience, but always overrated, I think. Mm-hmm. One person's always cold. It's hard in there. You know, like, awkward you angles. Awkward yeah. angles. You know, never really Just that great. One, never Just really that time. great. But this situation was actually quite, quite wonderful. It was like Yay. the one time that it really worked out well. That's awesome. So, pound town. Mm-hmm. So, um, <coughs> yeah. So after that, um, we got out of the shower, and my contractions were pretty, pretty. Um, powerful at this point and I think I I just put clothes back on I don't even know why but I put I was wearing a dress or something put my clothes back on went and kneeled down in front of my bed next contraction my water broke nice and I thought okay well that was it was immediate it was the first contraction out of the shower my water again big explosion so going into the shower we were still 20 minutes apart, not really anything happening. Coming out of the shower, we were in active labor. Wow. Yeah, cool. That worked really well. It did. So, Nicole, you are a wise, wise woman. Mm-hmm. Very wise. Do the acupuncture. Now go take a shower. Mm-hmm. Now go take a special shower. Mm-hmm. So take a special shower. Um, so at that point... Uh, my midwife walked in the door, and for our birth, um, we had Lindsay Milas. Um, Nancy, who we loved with our first birth, was actually pregnant at the same time as me, and our babies she's were. Like, she wanted the to same come month. over, and we're like, no, no, you can't come. I said, yeah, don't, no, like, don't come over. You're busy. Yeah. Like you have a baby. So we had, um, so we had Lindsay, who we loved too, and um, I think that Nicole just made her appear there because she knew what was up and <laughs> could hear what was going on and we didn't we definitely didn't call her so she she just got her right at the right moment so Lindsay walked in checked on me right and I told her that my water had just broke and then um another I, I zero gotta, to like, 60 experience I just gotta jump in like for yeah. one second on that like uh-huh. I had no idea that there was like a birth network Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I had no clue this They existed. all know each other. In Orange yeah. County, it is a sisterhood almost. It was it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, of course our doula and our midwife are texting and, you know, communicating, so we just didn't even need to worry about when to call the midwife because she just she disappeared. She just aberrated. Like, she disappeared right in, in the room, room. yeah. <laughs> and um and immediately after that, uh, I was in transition. So it really happened really quickly, and and I would compare this, you know, what I was thinking in my head with, you know, my birth with my daughter. I mentioned that I was very much on another planet, very just zen and very focused, but with this birth, I was so much more in the room, so mm-hmm. much more aware of what was going on, so much more in my body, and I think I was feeling sensations a lot more acutely, and... Um, 
I was less solid, more fearful. Um, the contractions, I was laying on the bed, they were coming very fast, very hard, one after another, no breaks in between. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of that feeling of, okay, I'm riding the wave, I felt like I was being swept away, swept away and mm -hmm. just pummeled. And I just was surviving. And, mm -hmm. I, and I knew in that moment that I was in transition. Um, whereas before, I didn't know until I reflected after the fact, but I knew it was like, okay, yep, this is it. And I remember just, again, having Cedric and I think one of the other assistants doing my hip squeeze and squeezing the heck out of Nicole's hands and just looking into her eyes. And I remember thinking, help, 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 help. Because mm -hmm. it was just so, it was so over yeah. taking. Um, so it was different. I didn't have that that rock solid confidence. I had this very frenetic and very, um, like out of control feeling. Cause it was just very, very fast, very fast contractions, very intense. So, um, after, and I don't even know how long that lasted for that little period. It was pretty quick. Um, because this is probably about, I don't know, mid after, maybe around five, six well Hugo was born around seven so it was not very it was it was fast um, so after that um, started having some of those pushy contractions and immediately I noticed the midwives starting to unpack their stuff and put they were putting little puppy pads under me and I remember thinking <laughs> why are they doing that I'm not gonna be having this baby anytime soon there was a moment there though that nicole like leaned over to me she was like do you think she wants to get into the birth pool because if you want that to happen it's got to happen now <laughs> and we both looked at her like yeah no <laughs> like this is not happening it was just like not enough time not enough yeah time. No so way. i think the birth pool was just pushed over it was, like into propped a, up into a corner on its side, on its side yeah. to get it out of the way and um some puppy pads were being shoved under me as I was squatting and and I remember thinking like why are they doing that that's weird like I'm not having this baby soon you know yeah I can totally relate to that, that um, thought as well yeah and that uh awareness of what was going on in the room too mm -hmm. was was um it was also a difference of watching them unpack their stuff and kind of get into position and put their gloves on I'm like this is weird. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm still having some pushy type contractions, but again, like my basis for comparison was I have six more hours left right. of this. Mm -hmm. So it was very strange to see everybody getting ready to catch a baby. At that point, I think Lindsay asked me to check my own cervix and, um, to see if I could feel the baby's head. Mm -hmm. And I did. Um, and I told her, I can't feel the head, you mm -hmm. know? And then she said, oh, okay. Um, well, let me, you know, can I check? And I said, yeah. And, you know, she checked and um, another cervical lip. Mm -hmm. And I actually, since I got to check myself, I could feel my own lip. And it was huge, mm. huge fat um, lip, could not feel the head. So um, it was interesting, and I really appreciate that she asked me to check my own cervix to see. It was a, a neat um, feedback for, you know, myself. Yeah. 
So she again, um, you know, gave me the option to, you know, kind of push past it or to see if she could push it out of the way. And I again opted to mm-hmm. have her please push that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And she did. Um, so uh, again, I was pushing in a squat and, um, and I don't think I was pushing for very long, maybe 20 minutes wow. or so. And still, it was that feeling of having to poop a bowling ball, you know, <laughs> of this baby is not coming out like a hot stick of butter, not in the slightest. Um, but finally, I could feel his head, and I could feel him crowning, and I could feel the, I hate this phrase, ring of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember um, feeling like that, like burning feeling at the top of, you know, mm-hmm the opening and Lindsay said she said put my to put my hand there to press where I feel any of that burning press as hard as I could so mm-hmm. I did that and I think that that helped me not to tear yeah I'm sure so that was something cool to to know and to do so I, I was like reaching around my huge belly to try to you know hold on to that you know, hold on to that spot, and, uh, you know, I could feel his head there, Mm. um, and that's kind of when things, uh, things flipped, so at that point, I'm focused on pushing my baby out, holding on to that burning spot, and feeling his head, and then I could hear, um, I think the assistant midwife said, Gaskin maneuver? Mm. And, and my little, you know, because I was so aware in the room, I could hear what they were saying. And I thought, Gaskin maneuver, ah. And see, this is where perhaps the childbirth education is too, you know, you know too much. So I know that that's associated with shoulder dystocian. So barely time did I have to process that when Lindsay replied, no, McRoberts. And it was just those hmm. words that I heard, and before they could That's even very aware, very aware, right? I mean, yeah, very normally, aware. I mean, yeah, that's very. The, and aware. Lindsay told me after the fact that she was very surprised that I even heard that. Yeah, yeah. Because they were not, they didn't, they weren't acting like anything was, you know, wrong. They were just totally calm and, you know, engaging with one another and super quiet but I did hear and before those words even had a chance to penetrate my brain they were um getting me onto my back and then the birth assistant was pushing on my tummy hmm. and and uh, and uh Lindsay was um and I didn't know this but yeah of course both hands in trying to get a baby to mm-hmm. turn and come out so my yeah in in and okay. um and she said later that she was she had him under the armpits hmm. so if you can imagine how far in wow that would be Jeez. yeah women's bodies amazing very sh- yeah that is amazing and i'm just thinking too of when we when we practice this manu- these maneuvers in our you know, practice drills when we're Mm -hmm. studying and learning and stuff. But yeah, women's bodies are amazing. Babies are amazing. And so, yeah. And then you were on your back. So I was on my back and my experience and my internal world was pretty much 
loss of all um, sense or reason. And I was pretty much just screaming my head off. And it was the most painful experience of my life. Yeah. Hmm. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. The pain was just... I mean, I don't even really like to say the word pain in association with birthing, but this well, was this pain. This is a different... Pain, yeah. Pain. I mean, this was pain. Yeah. It's the difference between having a baby come out and having a baby come out while two grown hands, hands are also in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. And it wasn't even so much, I felt actually more pain with the pushing on my mm. stomach. That was like mm. intense. Yeah. Um, but within, I mean, it was short, it was quick. They, those, they acted quickly, swiftly. And, um, and I remember them saying that head was out and at this point still, I'm just screaming my head off, total loss of all, you know, just surviving. And, um, and then Lindsay said, Paige, I want you to hold all that in and push. So I shut my mouth and bore down and push the rest of him out and she told me later after the fact that even after his head and shoulders came he was still pretty stuck and not wanting to come out yeah so she said stop screaming and push him out because he was still not wanting to hmm. not wanting to come so i shut my mouth and pushed and he was out and he was again on my chest on the floor and um Again, that moment of total shock. It was, uh, again, it happened so fast, too, that it was just processing that there was a baby here. It took time. It takes mm -hmm. time for, yeah. that, for that to sink in. And right. he, didn't, um, he didn't cry and breathe right away. So I remember, you know, having him on my chest and talking to him. But I was, again, I think I got there faster because I knew, like, okay, he's not he's not breathing so I just started rubbing his back and say hey baby hey baby you know and I called him by his name right away Hugo you know hey Hugo you know mommy's here mommy's here and just kept rubbing his back and then he finally cried and and um I think that Lindsay got right to work massaging my legs with cedar some cypress cypress oil cypress, right yeah. her magical cypress oil so that felt i remember that feeling amazing mm, just this leg massage mm -hmm. Lindsay was also my midwife for my first daughter my first baby shout out to Lindsay mialis <laughs> thank you Lindsay. so yeah she started up her leg massage and um i think that she does that as a, a protection against hemorrhage mm-hmm with the cypress oil, is it? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So not only functional, but actually feels amazing. Mm -hmm. So while I had Hugo on my chest, she was doing that, and um, yeah, and then I birthed the placenta. I forgot to mention that with the bonus birth. Um, but with Hugo, I still got you know got into bed, got all situated, had our wonderful snuggly time, and then it wasn't until later when they did the newborn exam that Lindsay let me know that his arm was probably broken, um, and we could feel like a lump in his humerus that was indicating that 
that swelling there was indicating that it was probably broken. So, um, you know, she let me know that in the way that she was, you know, maneuvering him, she, she felt that, um, that happened. So, well, she said that his arm was behind she, his back. Yeah. And that she had to, like, sweep it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that moment when he was stuck mm-hmm. in your hips. Yeah, we talked about this a lot more in our follow-up visits about what was actually happening with the dystocia and what she was doing, you know. But at the time, I wasn't really very worried about it. Um, it was, you know, the evening, 7 in the evening, and she was on the phone with our pediatrician and... Um, again, they're all in cahoots. <laughs> so she was texting with our pediatrician, you know, advising what, so he advised that, you know, we just spend the night at home and take our son to, you know, um, have the arm x-rayed the next day, which we did. Um, so we still got to have this wonderful home birth, you know, um, experience, get all tucked into bed and going to sleep. And it, it was it was beautiful, and we and we took care of his arm, and it healed up. You know, it's amazing how fast the bendy little bones heal. Mm-hmm. And um, we're grateful that there's no lasting injury. I know that um, being part of shoulder dystocia support groups and things like that, mm-hmm. I know that um, that injuries can be far worse. That a broken humerus is like a best case scenario. Yeah. Because it tells you that the midwife was, that the provider was pulling on their arms and not on their head, which seems to be what yeah. what can happen is uh, is a provider will be pulling on the baby's head and then they'll end up with a brachial plexus nerve injury, yeah. which can be permanent. Yeah. So we were really you know concerned about that, and um, but it turned out it was just that bone needed to knit itself back together and within a month um it was pretty much normal cool the crazy thing that the bone doctor specialist Mm -hmm. we went to see after the fact was he told us that like baby's bones are encased in these like sheaths it's almost like each bone has its own little bag around it Mm -hmm. and i was like well no um but it's tough it's like as tough as an umbilical cord Mm -hmm. well he he said like it was like the plastic tubing yeah. Like, he, he compared it to that. Yeah. So the bone was like broken. plastic IV tubing. But mm-hmm. it's still encased in this plastic IV tubing-esque thing. So yeah. it immediately starts to form a blood bandage around the break, and it immediately starts to heal and knit itself back together. It's really amazing. Yeah, and he said, you know, most of the time you could take the x-ray of a left arm and of a right arm a year later, and you would not be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Which had been the broken arm. Wow. Which is just incredible. Like I, yeah. I could not wrap my head around that. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Was, Baby bones aren't like, like magic. ours. Yeah, like magic. It is. So yeah, that, I mean, we had a, a complication with that, you know, with that birth. But we're so grateful that we had the team that we did, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, I I have had people ask. I, me, I would rather have not gone to the hospital for the whole like x-ray debacle happened. yeah fact, yeah, yeah. Would, would we wish we wish we didn't have that. to go to the hospital the next but, day but we did and um you know got it all taken care of but i i've had people ask me like oh like do you wish you had been in the hospital if you had known that was going to happen i'm like no 
I don't because right. what could I have done? They, they probably would have taken the baby off somewhere, you know, and especially if he had a long, uh, if he needed help breathing initially. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they just they don't let it happen on your chest. They'll whisk the baby off somewhere and then. I think it would have been completely different. It would have been a lot more traumatic in the hospital for right. both of you. Yeah, for both of All us. All three of you. And also, you know, I feel that in moments like that, the outcome is really down to the skill, and in that person's two hands. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, Lindsay is, she just skillfully did what she needed to do, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, if there had been another doctor or another person there that didn't, you know, pull on the right part or do exactly or make the dis the split second, you know, decisions that she made. So, a hundred percent, I feel grateful for the providers that we had for his birth, and they're exactly what we needed, you know, to bring cool. him into the world. But yeah. he had his heels dug in, had his heels dug in too, but. Mm -hmm. And part of me has reflected on, you know, why do I give birth this way? Why can't I just have hot stick of butter babies? But at this point, I've kind of come to terms with, well, this is just, this is how I birth. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, and I have two healthy, beautiful children. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a really good mentality. And it's probably really nice to just be at peace in a way. Mm -hmm. in that way kind of yeah and it took a while to get there um there was that anger at my body why wasn't I able to birth my baby the right way why did he have to get hurt because I couldn't get him out you know those types of feelings to work through mm -hmm. um but now I think it's 17 months postpartum and I'm, I'm pretty happy you know pretty happy place that's good yeah, and I mean, those feelings are super valid, but I think people say, you know, like some people are born by cesarean, some people are born with a vacuum extractor. I think sometimes babies just need to come out how they need to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, they all have their own story. You yeah. Know, and I think they probably have played their own role in a way in all of that. Yep. So I wouldn't say it was your body failing you or anything I think it's just sometimes how it happens yeah yeah I agree I agree cool well do you guys have anything else you want to share about either of your birth experiences okay I think I shared a lot yeah well we appreciate <laughs> it no we appreciate that shower it. thing that's the most exciting part yeah yeah we appreciate you guys sharing your story, and um, yeah. I think it's good for all kinds of birth stories to be shared. And if it helps someone in some way to have a home birth or not have a home birth or whatever it is they're meant to have, then that'll be great. And, uh, and yeah, so thanks for listening. And again, my name is Ashley. This is Taylor. Taylor, Paige, and Cedric. And... Uh, if you like what you hear, you can subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, and comment and rate, do whatever you feel called to do. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can email me at love at ashleycarver.com, or you can find me on Instagram at 
Ashley Carver birth. And you can reach me, Taylor, at uh, taylor at darksky.capital or my website, uh, my website, darksky.capital. And I manage money for people. All right. Thanks again. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.